everybody, welcome to another episode of Predetermined, a pro wrestling hangout. I'm your host, Garrett Callender, and join me as always, Chris Miggs, and a very special guest, a very clean guest, Jimmy Fax. That's right, I'm, I literally just took a bath, as I told you guys, fresh out of the bathtub but about an hour ago. Cleanest I've ever been for one of our recordings. I'm super excited to be back. I don't like when people try and make me feel weird for enjoying a bath. And for whatever reason, people feel like it's like a feminine thing, like a man can enjoy a fine bath. And like what, what, especially with modern technology, I I put a show on, I got some bubbles, throw a bath bomb in there. uh, And you know what? You can call it feminine. You know what show I was watching? I was watching the Red Zone channel NFL. You know, I think that's pretty manly to soap up, get clean while watching, (laughs) you know, the Cincinnati Bengals try to come from behind on the Steelers. <laughs> what about you, Chris? How, how, how you bathe? I took a shower this morning. Yeah. yeah but are you, but are, are you a bath guy? Are you a bath boy? Uh, every now and then I like, well, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a trick here. Um, if you've got a bath, one of the things you can do, if you're not sure if you're going to take one, you know, you start a shower and then you decide, nah, you just, you just stop the water from going down. You just let it wash over you. You know what I mean? You let it you let it fall over you like rain. You know? That's nice. That can be a really nice experience. Well, and that's like if you've got an extra, extra filth going, right? You, you kind of got to start that way because you don't want to just be sitting in your own filth. Right. So it's like you kind of start with the shower, even with the drain on for the first like two or three minutes. Then you go the next two or three minutes with the drain closed, but a normal shower. And then you transition to the the laying down, really uh, luxuriate on it. Well, speaking of people taking baths and also people who should have to fight a deathmatch wrestler to maybe get back in our good graces. When I think of baths, I think of an episode of MTV Cribs with John Five, Marilyn Manson's guitarist at the time. And Marilyn, he's walking through his house and then he opens the bathroom door and Marilyn Manson is taking a shit in his home and yeah. Marilyn Manson says you're out of toilet paper should I just take a bath <laughs> I like that Marilyn Manson's solution is the same solution that like parents have with a toddler where you're like uh, I guess I'll just wash him <laughs> can't quite get him clean the other way I just put him in the bath facts what uh, deathmatch wrestler would you make Marilyn Manson go up against for the consideration of the people to be uncanceled not you're not uncanceling them and honestly most of these people probably not getting uncanceled but we get the joy of seeing them bleed well i would say you know my my current favorite and it's been for a little while is you know the hybrid between the death match and and mexican lucha libre style so i think it's my my favorite luchador el schlacko I thought you were, you know what? I thought you were going to say like, I'm really liking the Mexican deathmatch style. So I'm going to send Kevin Spacey down, down to Zona 23. <laughs> He's got to go to the junkyard before he can be in a movie again. <laughs> he, he, he needs to go to the junkyard before he can like, ride public transportation again <laughs> he's got it he's got to take that spot that Miedo extremo took yesterday where his head just gets slammed into thumbtacks such that he just kind of comes up with like a like five or so thumbtacks in his head 
I'm here for it. That's nasty. That's that's yucky. That's something that I do want to see. You know, um, I was <laughs> I was messaging with our friend Matt over the weekend, and uh, he was telling me that we should do the. He wants to see Alex Cologne go up against Army Hammer. Uh, Ooh, <laughs> that's a strong that's a strong match there. <laughs> okay. You know you know what though would be great though, especially because he's become a red state guy anyway, is you just have because any of these guys would be like, I would gladly take like five minutes of pain or even 30 minutes of pain to kind of have my life back. But like make them really live with these people. So take Louis CK <laughs> and say he's gotta do a full road trip with Beast Man. He's gotta hit up. <laughs> The Buffalo Wild Wings, he's got to do the barn, he's going to do a VCW show in a high school gym, but it's like, you got to spend several days, you got to stay where the wrestlers stay, you got to eat what the wrestlers eat, you know, Kevin Spacey, like, where, I'm sorry, Louis C.K. in my example, like, he's going to be creaming himself for those Buffalo Wild Wings at the end of the tour. He's got to get, he's got to smell what the wrestlers shit. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of what Beast Man's eating, uh, as we record the hey, happy Thanksgiving, by the way. Uh, yeah. But as we record this, it is Beast Woman's birthday, and mm. Beast Man is out to dinner uh, as of three hours ago. Where do you think Beast Man took her? So it's her birthday. They're mm -hmm. recently engaged, so this is the it's a big birthday. Um, <sighs> I mean, the fact that you're giving to us implies it's a place we could choose. So it's not going to be some random like steakhouse we've never heard of. So I'm going to say it's going to be a, a Chili's. Chris, I have I have two options here. Um, one of which um, just feels like the, the, the perfectly random, which is a bonefish grill. <laughs> Ever been to one of those? Yeah, it's like, it's like strip mall seafood, and you're like, "Why?" Um, and the other option, because ultimately, this is a romantic place full of options, and when you've just gotten engaged, you want to open up the options to you're your about world. To say cheesecake factory would be the cheesecake factory. Yes. <laughs> when you say options, there's nowhere there's that's no going to provide you with more. <laughs> Uh, he is currently in Pittsburgh at Buca de Beppo. Oh, oh all nice. right. Nice, nice job, Beastman. Yeah, that's what and I thought. We like, apologize for underrating you. Yeah. yeah. Well, but you know what their deal there is, right? Like you have you guys have been to one where I remember once going to one in Universal Studios Hollywood, mm. and they I'd never been to one before, and I was there with my mother. And they explained, like, I was like, I'll have this, she'll have that. And they're like, no, it's like family size. So, like, just the two of you should order one thing and maybe an appetizer. Like, you'll be good. And we're like, no, sir. We want separate <laughs> things. <laughs> and and it's just this ridiculous amount of food. But like, I, I can kind of imagine that where Beast Man is just ordering, like, triple entrees, even though they're all family size. Those giant meatballs they have. They, they tell him, you two can just split something, and then he smashes the table with a bone. <laughs> no. Do you think, Fax, next time, if if Booten, if uh, Beastman comes back to Booten, we could maybe just, do you think we could, like, get an interview with him by bringing him New Jersey's best barbecue? Like, bringing him a platter of barbecue and I, just being like, hey, let's hang out. 
this is what I think we do, Chris. I think that that if and when he comes back to Putin, we just say we just give him a checklist. We go, I know the best barbecue. I can get you the best roast beef sandwich. I can get you the best Italian sandwich. I can get you the best hot dogs. I am a Jersey guy through and through. And Booten, while kind of being in the middle of nowhere, is also like central. It's like it is exactly 25 minutes away from the best of every type of food in Jersey, <laughs> except for maybe a cheesesteak. Um, so we just ask him what he wants. And when he says one of everything, uh, I'll do that. We'll just yeah. we'll leave instead of leaving at noon to get to the one o'clock show. We'll leave at like 9 a.m. We'll we'll start at Hoboken and work our way down, getting all of the best of Jersey. Yeah, yesterday between shows, we went to the best barbecue in New Jersey, and it was delightful. We also ordered many things and just shared them. Um, yeah. So you did not get angry at that i the idea of sharing this no. time around. No, we're no. not angry at sharing at all. Yeah, okay. we're, we're big sharers. We're big sharers here. Just not at Buca de Beppo. Yeah, well, I think it was more that we wanted diversity, right? Mm. It wasn't like, no, uh, trust me, I can eat more than it was like, we're here on vacation. Like, I just don't if she wants something with shrimp, I want something with chicken. Like, you know, let's and it was mostly like, I don't want you to tell me what to fucking do. So let me order my fucking meal and get away. And then I also remember defiantly, because obviously we get a lot of it to go. I remember defiantly eating my mom's shrimp and pasta just in like the hallway of a like Sheridan, like two <laughs> nights later when we have the flight the next day. But you guys mentioned what I want to be my new home. You know, if I were to leave Nashville, I am moving to Boone. I've heard so much about it. I feel like I know it well, and I'm jealous that you guys spent a day there. It, it's great. And, you know, the food in Putin is cl- they have a place, Sabor Latino, that's great. There's Chili's, which is a Tex-Mex place. I've been to several times. I, I took to Chris and Tom, dude, that's great. We noticed there is a Indian-Italian food hybrid. We're very we confused by go. that. Yeah, we're, we're going to try it, though. We're totally going to try Ple- it. I was going to say please next time because one of the worst <laughs> restaurants I ever ate at in LA was a Indian uh, Mexican hybrid called Cowboys and Turbans <laughs> and I ordered a burrito and I love a burrito I I don't think I've ever had a bad burrito you know a burrito that I sent away from my body uh this burrito was filled with curry and no thanks doesn't oh, because we were bad. saying could, that could work. Like, we were actually talking about Indian and Mexican could work, but you're saying it did not. Not for me. Not okay. for me personally. You know, I may, I think I heard other people enjoy it, but I'm sorry. Back to Boone. Back to Boone. Yeah. The, um, there's a Jamaican place. We went to the Boone Coffee Cup. We've mm. been to multiple different places to get coffee and baked goods in Boone. It, it is a magical place. We were talking about how, you know, I've been listening to the podcast every week and it's like, I've been listening how every week you more and more Booten's like on your bucket list. And that place that you were talking about that never closes in St. Louis is now my bucket list too. So it's like, <laughs> we, you got to get up to Booten. Chris and I got to get to St. Louis. And of course, all of us got to get to that Buffalo Wild Wings in West Virginia. Right there. Yes. There are now three wrestling meccas in the United States that uh, just, I need to, I need to absorb. Yeah, for sure. And, 
And the room in Bhutan, you know, this was our second time there, but this was the first time we got to be in the front row in Bhutan. Mm -hmm. Now, you might say to yourself, well, it's not that big a place, guys, being the front row versus the the second row. But, goddamn, we were so close. Legitimately, wrestlers were sitting next to us yeah. between, <laughs> like, they were falling out of the ring in Survivor Series matches and just popping, like, Alec Price just popped a squat next to Tom, and they had a chat for a solid couple minutes. <laughs> yeah. Tom Did had, Tom... our friend Tom had a legitimate, like, ongoing bit with Doug Gilbert during their match about how Doug Gilbert was going to cheat. Doug Gilbert would show Tom what he was going to do, and he'd be like, oh, that's a good one. And they would, like, talk about, oh, I got the chain in the boot, and they would just show it. It was, like, engaged um so really like, did they ex did they exchange information afterwards are they like still having these conversations yes yes uh tom explained to doug that he's in law school and he's gonna be doug gilbert's uh you know shoot lawyer it's gonna be great i love that yeah yeah oh when when uh doug gilbert was giving his information he said the name of the town he lives in and then a five digit number so that's the only way Tom has to reach him. There's no internet, no email, <laughs> no texting, no Facebook, none of that. Yeah, they're going to send letters to each other. They're going to become pen pals. Yeah. Was was there anyone sitting near you or near your feet that you're like, I'm a little starstruck right now. I'm in Booton. I've got this person by me. Who, who would that have been? Well, so, because again, this is still a GCW show. So I think that the, I, I don't know if there was anything like that. Oh, it's, it's Tommy Rich was kind of interesting. I'll let Chris talk about Tommy Rich in a second. But like, it's always interesting that just Nick Gage is just there, right? And like, we were joking that like in the opening match, which is like all the young flippy guys, and Nick Gage is up on like the platform kind of watching intensely. And it's like, is Nick Gage agenting this match? Did Nick Gage engineer this thing with all the flippy young guys? And then, like, later you just see him and, like, Jordan Oliver just talking, and you're kind of like, what the fuck are those guys talking about? It it really is like being in a Chili's and seeing God walk through the front door and just sit <laughs> at a booth. <laughs> the, they do have the best chicken tenders in town. But then seeing God just sit down in that booth, and then and then somebody else goes to sit in the booth with God, and it's just some guy you used to buy weed from when you were in the ninth grade. <laughs> like that guy hangs out with God. You're like that guy and God know each other. It, wow, like, they're they friends. Seem be, they seem to be talking like like they know each other. Like wow. Yeah, I will say El Schlacko landed in front of us. Oh yeah. And what I thought was interesting about that one is, first of all, like Schlack's back, as you don't you'd expect, is rough. Right. It's it's textured. You know what I mean? But um, they're it's also a Braille book about on there. <laughs> right. There also seemed to be like a spot on his arm that was just an open wound. Like, but at the beginning of the match, like you're like, were you bleeding last night and it didn't stop? Yeah, I don't. I had so I, many I, questions. Yeah. Well, and, I, and I noticed his pants are Cintas pants. So, like, the company that, like, I don't know if you guys ever worked when you were younger, like, places where you have a uniform and you have to, like, put on a uniform. Like, that's what Cintas does, right? Like, they pick up the clothes and then they give you the new clothes. Like, they'll give you toilet paper and stuff for, like, office buildings. So, I'm like, okay, Schlack's wrestling pants are just some pants he stole from his day job some time ago. And I just found that really interesting. There is a lot fascinating about Schlack. I 
Um, I, this, this, I love my wife only follows four wrestlers on Instagram. Uh, <laughs> Tanahashi, Dalton Castle, Dan Housen, and Schlack. And there was a day that I was scrolling through and Schlack posted a very nasty photo of an injury he had. And all I saw under it, you know, like if somebody you also follow comments, you see that right. first. And I just saw my wife had typed, oh no, Schlack. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, I had to throw that in. Well, that was the other thing about being right there is really the scene, the gear, like Shane Mercer gave some guy a German suplex and on the bridge, I realized that like, like some of his gear was like chipping away at the crotch. Well, and, like, and, and it was just because it was right there. It was like right, like eye level was like Shane Mercer's crotch on this bridge. And and in just one of the jerseyest things possible. So it was actually during like the Tommy Rich match, they um one of the guys like the ring crew guys, right? He comes running in, slides on his knees, really impressive with a Wawa bag <laughs> and puts it under the ring. And then we're all talking about like, what's in the Wawa bag? <laughs> so important he had to get. And it wasn't for that match at all. It was actually for the next match. And it was actually filled with thumbtacks. <laughs> but it's like, they just, that's what they had on hand. Cause it's all just Jersey people. That's what JCW is. So of course it's just in a Wawa bag. Yeah. They got some Wawa's some... around, you know, they had a sandwich and, uh, and they ate the sandwich and they filled it with thumbtacks. <laughs> I love the you describing the detail of these men's clothing because uh, you're like, you know, we didn't think sitting front row would be that big of a deal. But we sit there and it's like upgrading to 4K. You see all the detail. Right, yeah. Well, and again, for and for this place, again, like second row is like eight dollars more than GA and first row is only five dollars more than second row. So it's like, yeah, just just pay five dollars to to see what kind of read the labels on their clothing right we just wanted to make and really all we wanted to make sure was be at seats because we're like we got a long day um we got to make sure we're sitting down during the show um also but a lot of people it was an interesting crowd we got this honor system too by the way like we went yeah. there we showed our tickets that we had pre-ordered that were front row and they're like cool and it, like you know how a lot of shows they'll just have like the names on like post-it notes here that just said reserved and they were like find your own first row seats and it's just like okay we just dropped sat down and it's actually so we sat down and there's this other guy in the row and we're like oh is there enough space like oh there there is and like kind of glancing at him we thought oh he's got like kind of a helmet on like a cover maybe he's like maybe he just came from his job and he just kind of had his gear and didn't he works construction or something and uh it slowly dawned on us tiny minor maybe yeah, but it slowly dawned on us, yeah, that this man is wearing, like, a very old, like, military helmet, and it says 1916 on it, and he's wearing, like, a jacket that would be, what like, What age kind of a, is this man? Uh, mid-20s. Okay, I, I was... Yeah, mid- I'd say that, yeah. And had he not, had he been white, I would have assumed he was a Nazi. But he was. I'm not. still not sure. He's it's not. possible. He's. I mean, it's yeah. possible he was a Nazi. That yeah, Chris. Just, anybody can be a Nazi. I'm. You know, they, I, they're an inclusive. I just, it people. opened up the possibilities. Was all I'm saying. <laughs> Fax is googling. He's like, well, you know, I, America I did a lot of stuff that was unpleasant in Latin America in the mid 20s. And I'm like, maybe that's that is it. true. We, we were we were very bad to the Latin American people in tw- in 1916, and I was just looking for anything that might signal. 
like this guy clearly has a, a weapon on him, right? So I was just trying to Google, is there any signal that shows, am I going to be one of the first targets or not? You know, that's all I'm looking for. He was also eating a baguette, just an entire baguette. Are you ma- are you making that up? Is that a bit? No, no. he was just no. eating a baguette. Like that you 20? get from the grocery store. Like when you get like the bagged baguette for like $2 at a grocery oh, store. I know what you're talking about. Like, I mean, I, I've been to, to Paris and saw an old man in a beret walking by with a bag with a baguette sticking out. And I'm like, here we are. But no, but this, this is not. Was, this baguette was clearly from a Wawa. and he told us he rode his bike all the way from philadelphia and just to put that in context booten is probably about i don't know 100 miles from philadelphia maybe a little bit less like 90 miles it's at least a 90 minute drive from philadelphia when you say bike are we meaning bicycle we saw him after the show get on a bicycle okay non-motorized bicycle so he definitely did take his bike there. He had no idea there was a GCW Settlement Series show afterwards. Didn't seem to understand anything about AEW. And also confusingly alternated between completely enraptured in the show, like to the point that you're like, even though this guy is in his 20s, I don't know if he knows it's a work. And then like complete disinterest, he's just on his phone. If you tell me that a guy in a helmet didn't know that it was a work, I'm like, yeah, come on. <laughs> But also, the, the, the bike ride explains the baguette. The dude just rode a hundred fucking miles on a bicycle. He's got to get some carbs in him. But then he doesn't pay the extra $10 to stay for the settlement series? Well, even he knows that sucks. <laughs> I mean, we didn't stay either, Fax. We, we're sure. like, we, we want to have a nice slow dinner, maybe grab a beer before the, the main show. Have take our time, you know what I mean? Like we could watch an hour of the settlement series, or we could more leisurely well, eat dinner. And leisure was the answer. Well, and, and I'll say this that I kind of did go there to the JCW show with the, an agenda that I really didn't want to see settlement series because I had gone solo to Rampage the night before, and a friend of ours, Andrew, he was kind of like texting with me and stuff like that. And he was just like, um, because the, the ticket said the show started at eight. Where I'm like, but I know Rampage is on at 10. So I'm like texting with him. I'm like, do you know what they're, is it just dark from like 8 to 10? He's like, and he's like convincing me. He's like, no, no, no. They're going to do like really good matches. They'll have like real matches with real guys. It won't just be dark. And like, I kind of split the difference and I'm like, okay, I'll get there at like 845. (laughs) And I was so mad that I did that. Like Rampage itself was whatever. It wasn't good, but it was like normal rampage. And I live so close to the Prudential Center. It's like I I legitimately could get to the Prudential Center quicker than I can get to the grocery store that's closest to me. Like, I'm actually serious. Like we, Tom, Chris and I walked back to my place after the show uh, uh, last night, uh, uh, the actual pay-per-view show. So I was like, okay, I would have been fine going for exactly one hour and watching Rampage Live that I would have watched on TV anyway. But God damn it, Dark is just fucking awful. And that's where I'm like, really, the Settlement Series is like the AEW Dark of JCW. It's like, I, I just can't. I just can't do this. Like, I'm already watching a good 14 hours of wrestling this weekend. I just, I just, I'd rather eat barbecue for a couple of hours and have a couple of beers than watch 
more shitty wrestling when I know we have some really good wrestling. Like I, I don't want to see a second Jordan Oliver match. That's worse than the first one <laughs> when I'm like six hours before seeing Kenny Omega, you know? Right. Well, and also initially they had said that the settlement series show would be three. And so we're like, okay, JCW's one to three. They'll go right into the settlement series and we'll just kind of like catch a little bit as we go. But then the JCW show finished at like three fifteen. And they're like, oh, settlement series at four. And we're like, oh, we're not waiting around for the settlement series. You see these games they play with us in Bootin? That's the thing with Bootin shows. It's all mind games. They switch the times. They they switch start times. Sometimes they move it up. Sometimes they move it back. Sometimes you think Beastman's in the main event. Sometimes he's on first. Like, uh, you never know when Bootin. There was no reason to think Beastman was going to be in the main event of that show. Oh, for, absolutely him and joey janella i uh, wait you're, i'm talking about the original show the organized play show yeah i'm saying that i think that is this show's fault that you thought that was the main event <laughs> like i think we built up the idea of beast man so much that in our minds there's no way anyone can follow <laughs> I, this man. I, i'm gonna disagree with you just because it, it was the first match they promoted and it's Joey Janela, who who is a legit draw, and especially in Jersey, right? Like, like I, I, it would be kind of like if if Nick Gage or Janela or I'm trying to think who else is like Effie, right? Anyone of that level wrestles anyone in Bootin. That's the main event, or it should be. So I just started Googling just out of curiosity. I'm like, I want to support Booten from Nashville. How can I do that? Is there a Booten t-shirt? So I Googled Booten, New Jersey t-shirt, and I was not disappointed, guys. And I found the one that I will be ordering. It says, it's where my story begins. Booten, New Jersey. Nice. <laughs> I, I, that actually is a legitimately nice design. That's actually kind of beautiful. <laughs> I kind of want it now. I, I want it too. <laughs> Remember, and we saw Chris, we walked by a place that had multiple hashtags in the window. Hmm. And it was like, hashtag visit Booten. I know one was cyber, hashtag cyber Booten. And I forget what the other one is. I'm going to check Twitter real quick to see what we find under hashtag cyber Booten. <laughs> I am fucking obsessed with Booten right now. Like, I just... Booten itself is a celebrity. You know how they say, like, in Sex and the City, New York's a character. Well, you know what? <laughs> Booten is the main character in my own life right now. And I've never been. There's not a single thing, by the way. Twitter has given <laughs> zero things to Cyber Booten. Um, but that might be a Twitter thing, given that there's like four employees right now, and three of them are rodents. <laughs> yeah, Elon's all for free speech, unless it's Booten removes Sad. it there's Fucking a shirt pun. on t public that just says, of the week by the way it that just says downtown boot in new jersey and oh, with, i see with, that with, one like, too. yeah i like that one that's a good one too but yeah elon's definitely the putt of the week um oh man there's one that just looks like it would have been a shirt that maybe matthew mcconaughey would have worn and um and dazed and confused yeah i might honestly my whole wardrobe is about to change guys <laughs> You're just going to be a bootin' guy. That happens. Get one of those wrestling shirts that says, like, I'm a bootin' guy. (laughs) 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 Oh, sorry, listeners. Um, But, okay, so, yeah, obvious. I almost want to ask you questions about what you saw at Dark. 
But I mean, who is the most famous wrestler you saw wrestle at dark? Um, well, so I will say this, this is one positive that quickly becomes a negative is you go like, <laughs> Oh, the wingmen are still on dark. Like there's pretty Peter Avalon and, uh, Caesar Bononi, they're still getting paychecks from something like that's kind of nice. And then the match starts, and you're like, oh god, throw somebody quickly throw something in my eyes because it it's burning. Um, I would say let's see the most famous performer on Dark. Oh geez, I'm trying to think. There was a main event that was like two guy, two people. Was it guys or women? It's it's again. I tried to forget all of it as soon as possible. Um, I got nothing. <laughs> okay, well, then back to Booten for a second. Okay, yeah. as far was the JC the JCW show. I didn't. I caught most of it. Uh, I kind of ended up having to bounce around a little bit while it was on, but it actually seemed like a very good show. It seemed like a lot of fun. It was fun. I think the Survivor Series theme was like a, a fun idea and just kind of watching that kind of match was a lot of variety and seeing different guys. I mean, none of them was like, so mind blowing, I guess the second gear crew versus the, the good old boys, Tommy rich, Doug Gilbert, Chris Hamrick, um, who apparently said a, a very nasty slur on the Providence show today and has already, she's already apologized for it. Um, and, um, well, I, it was supposed to be John Wayne Murdoch, but I assume because his arm was busted last weekend, they replaced him with Crowbar, um, just because. And, um, you know, that was kind of a fun match. It was a very, like, non-second gear crew in the sense that it was really, like, we kind of figured the second gear crew was going to come out and just bust him up. But they did a lot of the Memphis Gaga with, like, powder and different bits and, um yeah. You know, Tommy Rich, Tommy Rich looked good. He doesn't take a front, he doesn't take a back bump anymore. Tommy Rich will bump, but it's only a front bump that Tommy will take. And it was like a classic Southern tag match when it got to two on two, especially. But there was still barbed wire tables involved. Don't (laughs) don't think that there was none of that. Um, And I will say the last match, which was the Jimmy Lloyd team against the uh the luchador team the the gringo loco el schlacko team um they clearly were like running out of time which was also weird considering they had pushed back the the settlement series show to four by that point and also the settlement series show also started late for reasons that elude me um but that match was really really rushed which is weird because all of the other survivor series matches kind of had enough time to kind of get going and you figured the last one where they had some big spots, but it was kind of like boom, 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 boom. But overall, though, anytime there's a settlement series show and they're doing a JCW show that they clearly are making the better show, I'm going to keep going. They're, they're, they're a good time. I was a little sad that my deathmatch girlfriend was not on the show. Um, I don't know why i think she was on the gcw show today possibly i don't know yeah there's a lot of people on both so i wonder if it was just because it seemed like gresh there was an issue with gresham as there always is whenever he's advertised for a show um and then we were like i don't know and then cole radrick got who who the most hobbit-like person you've ever seen he got pulled into her spot in the the main event in that last survivor series match 
And but then it's like they, if she was physically there, you got to figure there was somewhere they could have plugged her in. But there was a way. There's a lot of people on that card that aren't as interesting in the ring, you know. Uh, yeah. Oh, and yeah. by the way, I did remember uh, who who the best the highlight of Dark was, and I told Chris and Tom about this. It was Private Party, who come out now. Granted, they were tagging with Matt Hardy, who was a six man, but they just full blown come out to the Hardy Boys music now and like do the Hardy's Boys head banging, like Private Party. That's that's their current gimmick. The Hardy Boys, not two thousand, like Hardy Boys twenty twenty. Too. did they do like the jeff dance yeah they, they kind of do the jeff dance with like the slow like marchy head banging like moving the arms thing like they don't fully do it but like they kind of do what feels right to them to be more of an homage without outright doing the Jeff Hardy. Cause I think even they aren't quite clear how directly they should be showing respect to Jeff Hardy. Well, okay. Now that we've spent a half hour on beast man and restaurants, boot in New Jersey, Wawa, uh, t-shirts for boot in New Jersey. You guys attended what I thought. I'm, I'm curious to see what you thought. From sitting on my couch, this was my favorite pay-per-view that AEW did this year. I really, really enjoyed this from home. Uh, what did you guys think? I I agree that I think that AEW, um, I think this was the best paced show I've ever seen. Yeah. Like whether it's AEW, certainly New Japan, certain like you can you you always hit some downtime that you get a little bored, right? And this was, I did not get a single thing to eat during the show. I did get up for drinks a couple times, but we were right by a bar. So, like, I literally, a match could end. I could get a drink and be back in my seat before the next matches started. Um, and it was like, I was consistently engaged. Literally, we, we were texting, like, after the Luchasaurus Jungle Boy Cage match. And, like, Derek said something like, good luck following that. And it was like, oh, now it's Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks. And it was like, good luck following. And it was like almost like every match is like, good luck following that. And yet everything like felt really great. Like, so I think from an overall perspective, <clears throat> yeah, it was one of the, the better shows ever. Yeah. And a lot, of the, a lot of the finishes were very satisfying on the whole. I think a lot of the people that people wanted to see win won. Um, which I think was a lot of it that at, at the end of the day, there was no point in the show where you're like, oh, I can't believe they, that guy went over, you know, which I think what? really helped. Which I think like as, since Derek and I had been doing the podcast in my mind, the best booked, like everything you wanted to happen show was what was it like Dominion 2018 mm -hmm. or something yeah. like that, where it was just like, God damn, everything <laughs> ended the way you wanted the thing to end. And this was that show except for one match from me i got worked in a way i've never been in a wrestling match um never I don't before know why ever no i've never felt anger towards the fans of the other wrestler before where everybody was so excited i'm like you know what fuck you guys like I went to a blues game in Nashville a few weeks ago and Nashville fan uh predators fans are fucking assholes like I've been to hockey games, many different arenas. 
those fans are so mean and they think they're nice. Uh, but like when I end up leaving early cause we're losing and I'm getting yelled at, that's how I felt at the end of this, where I was like, I felt like Jamie Hayter fans were the Nashville predators fans. I'm on my couch. Like, yeah, you will well, fuck you guys. Fuck you guys. I don't, I like you. I like you. Now, is it just because she's, she is like an overt heel and you just don't like them or, or do you, are you actually a, uh, a Tony storm guy? I am a Tony Storm guy, and I don't know why the crowd has turned on her. I think I do. Um, it's I think it's mostly that she's um, terrible and and just unappealing as a wrestler. <laughs> I think yeah. I think she's very boring. It's like she's she's like she really is a good torchbearer for, for Thunder Rosa, where it was like. It was cool running at the belt, and then there's just nothing. There's just no character. Just nothing is interesting. And Jamie Hader is is also and like we were talking about how great it was with like Britt didn't turn on her afterwards. It was just like two women that can just enjoy each other's success and be good friends. Yeah. And then we we even could see because we obviously can see into the tunnels, right? Because we were right behind the hard cam. And during the next match, we saw them like continuing to hug and like talk excitedly to each other, like off camera. And it's just like, oh, that's that's great. I, yeah. I like I love the Britt Baker, uh, Jamie Hayter friendship, even even if eventually one of them's going to have to have to turn on the other. Yeah, Garrett's just not maybe you're just not supportive of the beauty of female friendship, women helping women coming up together, you know. Listen, I don't want to say anything that's going to result in me fighting Schlack. But <laughs> no, I love a good female friendship. Uh, I I just love Tony Storm, guys. It's not just Tony time some of the time; it's Tony time all the time for me. Mm-hmm. I don't think I just don't think she's shown very much in AEW, and I think Jamie Hader has shown a lot. Like I just I just love watching that lady wrestle. I've been big on pushing. I think Jade should be the world champion. Obviously, she's not a very good wrestler, but she's just such a big character. And, like, honestly, she's kind of breaking into the mainstream. I, like, she was on a bunch of, like, New York radio shows this week. I had friends that I know aren't wrestling asking me, like, what's the deal with this Jade lady? So, like, she's a legit star. So, but I was definitely, and I'm not a, in that huge, like, I love Jamie Hayter. She must be champion. Like, there is certain people that really, really feel that way about her, and I'm not in that camp. But I, I definitely don't like Tony Storm and have not liked her title reign. I guess for me, like I had been watching her since Progress, and I just I loved her so much in Progress. And yet maybe I will agree with you; it hasn't been as good as things were in Progress. But I'm I guess part of me is like we're gonna, we were gonna get there, we were gonna get there. Now we'll never know. So you're saying a bit uh, that though you liked her in Progress, um, Garrett, you'll admit that she's regressed. <laughs> well i she also she almost reminds me of like sheeta as world champion but then like you you go to you look at you look at tony and you're just like like sheeta you're like man if she could only speak english then she might she might have a shot at being compelling and you're like wait a minute she actually cuts promos every week this is a problem yeah i will say one well, of the in terms of the other women i think it I actually think it helped the pacing of the show and overall that they were able to have three interesting women's matches. Yes. I think it really kind of, it, it changed the pacing um, and to have a, a title match without Brit, but still have Brit on the show, I think was valuable. I think they finally found in Nyla Rose with that story, an opponent 
who created a match with Jade Cargo that was kind of compelling. Because I think my problem is less with Jade winning than the fact that they've gotten to the point where a lot of these opponents, you're like, well, Jade's going to beat her in five minutes, right? And that that's what makes those, has made a couple of those matches kind of bathroom break matches. It's not that people aren't excited to see Jade and generally interested. It was just like, this is going to end. This is, I got five minutes. She's going over with the Jaded. Like, whereas this, I think, had at least a bit of a, um, a question at the end there and they i think they worked a really good match yeah i i do agree with that I, honestly like it's nice to see good women's matches i actually think the the hater match was probably maybe one of the top three women's matches aew's ever put on it, oh, as wow. far as okay. when it got going like i think the second half and like the final third even it mm-hmm. was it was really compelling because and and again that one had a lot of drama because obviously like I would think the Vegas favorite was Hater getting the title there, but it was a very narrow. Like I, I think I thought it was very, very plausible that Tony Storm would win cleanly, and and continue with the belt. Um, so so there was a lot of good drama that, and and just overall there was just a lot of good drama in in matches. Like there was definitely a couple of matches that that you know I think we kind of all could have guessed the finishes to, um, but like the the Ring of Honor title four way was freaking amazing like mm-hmm. legitimately say what you will i'm i know i'm a big fan of jericho's ring of honor champion most people are not um and the things that they hate are what i love about it but like regardless of your thoughts of, of jericho's roh champion that match was fucking amazing yeah i think that worked much better than jericho danielson from the last pay-per-view really from a pacing perspective, Jericho and Danielson mm-hmm. worked kind of like an, an oddly slow match that really kind of lost the crowd for chunks of it. Whereas this, with the four guys, they really kept it moving. And I think it really kind of kept the crowd in it. And again, there was a real, and it felt pretty quickly like any of those four guys could win. And that helped people bite on the near falls, help people bite on the dynamics. I think that was a really, a really great match too. It For sure. There's very rarely, is there a match where you're like, you kind of have an idea of who's going to win that one. You're right. I had no clue. Any of those four guys could have ended up winning. And then the dynamic between everybody was just so fucking perfect that honestly, that could have been the main event. If that yeah. ended up main eventing an ROH pay-per-view like that I had paid for, I would have been absolutely satisfied with that as a main event. Yeah. I think the only match that kind of was a little bit of a wet fart was the TNT title three-way. Um, it, it, that one, it like, it seemed like you, we were expecting like a big Hoss fight, but it never really got there. And I think that like, I really can't think of a th- good three-way Hoss fight ever. Really? I'm, I'm sure there, maybe there's been one, but like, I remember thinking like one, I feel like any combination of those guys one-on-one with each other would have been better than the three-way we got. I don't know. I've talked to a few people who enjoyed it. So I don't know. Um, it, I don't think it was bad. Like it definitely, like there was nothing on the card that was so offensive to me that it stood out as a negative. So for sure. And that's me trying to pick something, right? Mm -hmm. That's definitely not like if that was, if that was like just a a dynamite main event, it, that would have been, it would have been great. You know? It's just like in this thing that everything else was like nearing or above four stars. It's like that one. Okay, that one wasn't particularly close to four stars in my mind. Can I ask a question about the broadcast, Garrett? Yeah. Because, you know, we were talking during that Haas fight about how much JR 
would love this. And then we kind of looked over and we're like, I don't think JR's the table anymore. And he definitely came out. Did they explain? Did like did JR have like the he just decided I mean, he, he was done or he clearly shit his pants, but how did they explain it? <laughs> right. I don't think they ever did. Now that you're saying it, like I don't know that I even noticed in the moment that he was gone. He just wandered off. <laughs> Cause I feel like they've kind of established with AEW where like people are just going to wander in and out of commentary. It seems like, right. Yeah. Cause isn't cause Shivani isn't there some of the time Taz is in there. I don't know. It, it, it looked like Shivani was never there from what we saw. Not Except from the very, this page. Oh, no, it was clearly at the very end, right? At the end we saw him. And he was there at the very beginning because they did announce him. Yeah. But he disappeared many. But, and they also did that weird kayfabe thing where like, if they show what's clearly a pre-taped, thing with shivani in the interview where they make sure he's not on the stage so like it is it is you're right it is bizarre that they have people i think X- excalibur is like literally there's they have like a detonator in his head that if he goes more than 10 feet away from the <laughs> his chair during the show his head will explode <laughs> like he's in the suicide squad but yeah everybody else seems to come and go uh what um which match honestly i think this is going to be hard to pick but both of you which match was your match of the night and what was the crowd's match of the night do you think i I think honestly i i think i would say what i think the crowd would also say uh which is is, it's it's young bucks and Mm. and death triangle and then that was the other thing too is like normally when you get which, by the way, we were talking about, A, how weird is that for somebody like like who in the future, they're just like, I'm going to watch every pay-per-view to catch up, but like doesn't watch anything in between of like, <laughs> you watch the last pay-per-view and then the, like this pay-per-view starts. You're like, okay, uh, Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy, they're doing the final blow off from what started the last pay-per-view. Okay, and you get the next match and it's like, wait, what? What's happening here? But and then you might think like that announcing the best of seven series would have been something people would have actually been mad at where it's like, no, I thought we just got the match. Like now you're just saying six other cities get the match and like, it, but like it was just universally of like, yep, like we're, we're not going to make that fight forever chant. That's bullshit. Like we actually would thoroughly enjoy these guys fighting each other every single week for the next, well, let's start with six weeks, but I'm ready to go for six months. Yeah. I'm also, I'm not sure why they, ca- they came out to carry on my wayward son, but it ruled. Yeah. Did they explain that on commentary at all? Because I I didn't understand it. No, no explanation. They just, I thought it was weird that, so before they came out, they did have some like messaging, like they had something on the screens, right? But was yeah. it only on like the Titan Tron in the middle, like that they would put the hockey scores on? No, it was on all the screens, but it wasn't anything like unusual. Like it was... Well, pretty on, comparable to what they'd been showing the last couple of weeks. That's bizarre because like, on TV clock and stuff. Yeah, well, on TV instead of like just giving us a feed of like that just being on our screen, it was a camera aimed up at the Titantron, just exactly. showing us like the Prudential Center like scoreboard with that shit coming on it, and then the camera like turns around. <laughs> it was it was bizarre camera work. Hmm. Um, very weird but that when the lights came on carry on my wayward son 
fucking goosebumps. Like if I can get goosebumps watching wrestling at home, that's good shit. Yeah, yeah, I think my feeling was like, oh, this is this is my happy place. This is I'm in an arena. We had found our way. Our our seats initially. Well, I'll tell you that story in a second. But we had found our way to like a really kind of perfect spot to watch the match, and we're like, yep, the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega are here. They're gonna wrestle these guys, the the Penta and Phoenix and Pac, and they're gonna do amazing shit together. And we're just gonna enjoy this. It's what a wonderful and, thing. What and, life is amazing. And very quickly, like, there was that weird thing of, like, I didn't know fully what to expect of them in the ring. And then, like, a couple of minutes in, you're like, oh, yeah, wait. Like, everyone's healthy. Like, that's not the reason they've been off the show. Like, they've probably been thinking about this match for weeks. <laughs> like, this is going to be fucking great. That's probably why they're doing a best of seven series. That Kenny and the Bucks just came up with so many ideas for this one match that they're like, let's do it seven times. So, yeah, it was the tits. I was a little worried about how ornery the crowd was going to be and what was going, the, the reaction to them coming back was going to be. Indeed, but the reaction was strong for them. And um, uh, fuck CM Punk, I believe yeah. the crowd's opinion was. Did, yeah. uh, did you all join that? Oh, of course. Of course, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do even, you think that'll be the case on Wednesday? I guess... It's already this as you're listening to this, Thanksgiving has happened, Wednesday has happened. We don't know. But I we have put a this hard up early. Time, I don't know. Oh. I have a hard time believing that CM Punk fuck CM Punk chants are happening in Chicago. I, I think that fuck CM Punk chants probably not happening in Chicago, but I do think Chicago fans will still warmly embrace Kenny and the Bucks without doing that chant. Yeah, or maybe they just do a Colt Cabana chant. Meet in the middle. Right. They they love Colt <laughs> Cabana too, right? His head's all over billboards all around about town. Who doesn't love Cole Cabana? Uh, it, yeah, it, I don't know. It seemed like the crowd was like a little, like I said, it seemed like the crowd was on the precipice of being ornery that match. But then yeah. the, the in-ring action started being so fucking good that just everybody just, their focus went straight back to the match and paying attention to that. Yeah. And by the way, did any, did either of you guys watch the um, media scrum? From this one or Tony, just, not the, yet. just the MJF stuff. I only saw the Tony Khan part, and Tony Khan got one question on Colt Cabana, two questions on on Kansas and Wayward Son, and every other question was about why Ring of Honor exists. <laughs> so it, it's kind of an interesting thing to see him just kind of being like, "Guys, come on." I want there to be a separate Ring of Honor show, but until that happens, I just got to keep doing this. Just give me, cut me some slack. What was, by the way, the read on? Um, because you mentioned it a little bit with, or or you you mentioned it explicitly with with the Jamie Hader match. What about the main event? Where again, the 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 crowd was full blown treating MJF as the baby face. Mox clearly kind of starts working heel even at, at a certain point in the match. How did that play on TV with the commentary? They basically were just kind of saying, like, he doesn't care the reaction. He just loves it. He loves that there's a reaction happening. Uh, they, they they never, like, said... They never made it seem like Moxley was the heel mm. in the match. Uh, they they just were like, he he's fucking eating this up that they're booing him. Like, he thrives on the reaction of the crowd regardless. I will the say there was an interesting energy to it in live. And, and here, you talk about being mad at the crowd, Garrett. So uh, I'm wearing a John Moxley t-shirt as we speak. 
um, big big John Mox. We were all all of us. Our group was cheering cheering for Mox. And uh, it's at the end, right? For those who may have not, if, don't listen to this if you haven't seen Full Gear yet or have spoiled yourself, right? MJF gets the knocks from Regal, knocks out Moxley, wins the title. He celebrates. So after they go off the air, Mox is still laying in the ring, right? He's laid out from that shot, and he's like for minutes. Yuta, Claudio, and Danielson come out. Oh, they're yeah. like starting to revive him. First of all, they're, they're a great bit where they're like explaining, like telling him what happened, and Mox is like. Oh come on! Oh really? Oh god damn it! He's just like he's so mad. Like, like as they're explaining to him, like you know, he gave him the knocks. Oh, cut, uh, regal. Um, but then the crowd broke into a thank you Moxley chant, and I was like, "Fuck you guys!" Because you were yeah. booing that guy hard a minute ago. Oh, thank you Moxley! Like you weren't respecting the fact that this is that this is the greatest champion in the world, and like this this is the god of professional wrestling um sorry nick gage this is the god of this shit right now like this man has done everything for us we've we've watched this man in the tiniest rooms in the world we've watched him against hiroshi tanahashi this year um i don't know i love john moxley he's the best respect him i mean you don't have to you can cheer for mjf but like to go to the thank you moxley after i was like come on guys come on well they're they're thanking him for delaying his vacation <laughs> Meanwhile, he, he's going to be fighting, you know, uh, he's going to be fighting like Tony Deppin in just some random men's room <laughs> off the Jersey Turnpike later tonight. And it's just going to be because he ran into him at the Wawa. There's no scheduled match. It's like, God, God damn, Deppin, you know, this is my Wawa. Well, he flew back home, and now he's he's back in Vegas fighting Carrot Top somewhere off the strip. Well, you know what? You know what? I realized Mox gets hit with those ducks and did not blade. Maybe he's he had somewhere to go after this. It, it <laughs> like, <is> he... <laughs> where do you think they go with MJF though? Because he's a heel. He's getting cheered like a babyface. Wins in a very traditionally heelish way. This isn't like the rock being a cool heel or even adam cole being a cool heel this is just mjf playing a straight up heel but getting cheered it's it's and his character really doesn't translate to babyface right whereas again like somebody like the rock using like the greatest example ever it's kind of like oh yeah i can see how he's gonna translate that character into a babyface it's so like it is kind of interesting of like is it just like would Ric Flair just be a babyface in 2022 if 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 like 30 year old Ric Flair were around? Like, is that what MJF is? Maybe. I mean, I don't know if you've seen like the comment sections on Facebook or Twitter. Uh, the world's a bad place. Facts. This is our <laughs> this this is what our heroes are like. This is how Trump got elected. <laughs> I mean, I I gotta think the next. I think there's a good chance the next pay-per-view is Danielson, right? Because you you play off the Regal thing, and if you want to have MJF have another banger as a main event on a pay-per-view, putting him in the ring with Brian Danielson, yeah, fairly safe bet. Um, so that, to me, makes sense as, like, the... Re- but they got, obviously, three and a half months to get to Revolution. So I would think this puts... 
see, here's the, here's actually a really interesting question. I think we're going to learn a lot on Wednesday. Obviously, he's going to cut a promo. That'll tell us something. But also, you know, whether it's Ricky Starks or Ethan Page in that Eliminator match that goes over, I think that's going to tell us about what direction they're trying to take the MJF title reign with that first shot. Because it could be either of them, I think. Um, so we'll see. Yeah. I, I, I put think... my money on Starks, but yeah. What did you, like, overall with the MJF-Moxley match, did you enjoy, I mean, we liked mm-hmm. the outcome. Like, it, it ended up being fun. I didn't like the outcome. We we liked the. You know what I mean? Like it was (laughs) as far as like storytelling goes. It's we're headed in a nice direction for pro wrestling. Sure, but and the heel champion Tony Khan has shown he can book. He books better title matches with his heel champions, whereas every babyface champion fights Lance Archer. Right. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) and I think that's gonna be a. I don't know. Going into this. It's hard to believe that John Moxley can lose to MJF. Obviously, there ended up being some fuckery, but just size and toughness, that is not believable to me. So it seems like with MJF, do we go more down the lines of like, like you said, like, is he going to fight Ricky Starks next? Is he going to fight Jungle Boy? I think Daniel Bryan is good because, you know, size wise and everything, I think they match up really well and Dan- Brian Danielson would get an awesome match out of him but I, I also think you that and, and I called this like like last night too and I've been calling this even before the the regal thing somebody else on Blackpool Combat Club is, is turning on Danielson and or Moxley right so and or maybe one of those guys is the one that turns so I think that that's another thing of like you just keep digging a deeper and deeper hole of of how like evil um this whatever new faction becomes of of uh mjf and 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 regal and he kind of just like says fuck you to stokely hathaway and and big cast all of them he's like you guys are jobbers we're i'm gonna make a better stable of guys that actually are on tv yeah i think i mean i think mjf it's interesting because i i think the probably the biggest question really for for AEW was could mjf have a main event at the level that he needed to Right, because he had not done that before in any real sense, and I think he did. I think he got there. I, I think Fax's quote was, "He didn't exceed expectations," but I was like, "Well, he met them." He's like, "Yeah, he well, like he didn't I, he didn't over deliver, but he delivered." You know, I also don't think like I think that again, whether it's Danielson or somebody else, the next pay per view, I think that's the actual telling one because this match too was also everyone waiting for the fuckery, right? Like like there was no drama in that match until there was some fuckery. Right, because even right. if Moxley's walking out with the belt, that means he needs to foil the fuckery, right? Or, or maybe even you know MJF foils the fuckery if he's going to turn actual babyface, right? Um, but but there was a little bit of like let's wait for the fuckery, which I think is very different than like when you watch like <laughs> Kenny Omega versus Brian Danielson or something like that, like you know, um, where it's like no, this is. I just want to watch this match wherever it goes. The other interesting guy that I think came out of last night in terms of their progression and maybe their status as like a a title contender against MJF would be Jungle Boy, right? Um, Jungle Boy, he became a jungle man. (laughs) And JR fucking loves Jack Perry. I mean, he has... 
pretty much since day one. But on commentary, they built that kid up so much where commentary were like, this is the future of wrestling. Like they really were like digging into you like this is the next guy. He I mean, JR got the leopard print depends. Like he's really in <laughs> on on Jack. He's like, I got a whole bunch of them. I'm ready to do this as many matches as we need to. I'm here. Um, he appeals to all ages. <laughs> well, and it worked. I thought it was um it really it just it was what the match needed to be. And he came out looking great. Uh, also props to the Perry, uh, Perry ladies. Cause they were obviously front row yeah. for that match. Right. And they were there the entire rest of the show having a great time. And yeah, like not only were they there, cause we, we were sitting like the section directly behind them. Like, especially Mama Perry was super duper into it, like rooting for baby faces and like booing heels like she it's like which kind of makes sense where you're like, well, he didn't just become a fan of wrestling out of nowhere. Right. Like his parents must have watched some wrestling and he picked up on it where you're like, oh, yeah, I guess like if my if I had a kid that became a pro wrestler, like, yeah, I would totally stay in that front row seat the entire card and and really enjoy myself. You're like, this is great. Thanks for the seats, son. You know? Yeah. And AEW is like, no, we got to bring in the next family members of some. <laughs> no, no, no. It's like, no, I'm, I'm staying here. I'm. <laughs> if Mama Rock can stay during WWE shows, then yeah. You're like, all right, all right. If Mick Foley's gonna sit here, I'll take second row. That's fine. <laughs> it's okay. Just drop me back one. Uh, yeah, because we basically ended up. We were in our our initial seats. Our our the seats we had purchased were in a section that seemed to be like an AEW, like the people in front of us for AEW VIPs because Mago was talking to them, the head of legal. Um, but we were in a weird spot where we couldn't really see, like there was like a, a, a production piece of equipment that was in our way. And so we just kind of looked around, realizing that the Prudential Center, while very full, had some open spaces. And we kind of ended up basically right behind the hard cam, which is, uh, if you have the chance, a great place to watch a wrestling show. Yeah, the, the pictures you were sending me, it, the seats looked incredible. And I was wondering, like, it, yeah, I figured those were not the seats you purchased. So they, I mean, they were comparable. Like, so it's a weird way in the section we were, like Chris was saying, I think we were the first row that they actually sold. Thinking that we would not have obstructed view, but our view very much was still obstructed. Um, so then we moved to behind the cameras, which they did not sell. Because those were listed as obstructed views, but are actually the best view in the entire house. And we weren't the only ones. Like, other people had picked up on this as well. And, like, other people joined us in that row, even though clearly, you know, nobody, actual seats were there. That is a problem I've had at only AEW shows and not WWE. Um, yes. I know when we went to that first Double or Nothing, we had good seats, basically, like, facing the ring with the... uh the entrance right behind the ring, you know, but the whole show, I had the camera on that boom moving up and down yeah. in front well, of me. It's weird too with AEW. I agree with you and AEW and it's both ways that there are seats that they do not put anyone in that are not obstructed at all. And then they have the seats that are actually obstructed with fans in them that are mad. And it's like, it is bizarre. Cause you'd think like, cause I've even had it for dynamites and you're like, well, the set is the same every week. Hockey arenas and basketball arenas aren't that unique. Like they're not really all snow snowflakes. Like I, I don't understand why this is so hard. Yeah. 
Um, the other the other thing that was great, just I, I want here's a tradition I want for AEW pre shows. I want Eddie Kingston to wrestle old Japanese legends, just everyone. Like if Eddie never gets on another pay per view, but they each pay per view find an older Japanese like legendary wrestler for Eddie Kingston to go toe to toe with. I think that I, first of all, I think Eddie Kingston would be happy, and I think we all would be really happy. Um, I think it's a win win for the world. Um, just Eddie Kingston against Akiyama. We've got Ishii. Like, can Eddie Kingston wrestle Shibata? That'd be great. You know, I mean, they after like two years that we've run out of wrestlers, and he just starts fighting like Jiro dreams of sushi, <laughs> Leo Miyazaki, just famous <laughs> Japanese people. Also, did they show on TV Eddie doing the hype? on oh yeah tre- tremendous i was like i i really i really already wanted to see the show but eddie kingston telling me i wanted to see it i agreed with him very much that is what i want every show i want them to not cut back to commentary for them to scroll through every match i just need eddie kingston saying like you know what's good buy the shit <laughs> you know what that would also get me to watch Ram- like I, I get what they're going for with jericho on commentary and rampage but like have eddie kingston doing commentary on rampage mm. I would watch whatever dog shit you put out there uh, if Eddie Kingston's the one doing commentary. You're going to want to see this. My buddy Mox is going to fuck this guy up. It's going to be great. Um, Just speaking of like the next show, um, Derek is going to get a fucking good dynamite. (laughs) It's going to bangers. Nothing but bangers. Ishii and Jericho. (laughs) What? Right? The death triangle against the Bucks in match number two. He gets um, an Orange Cassidy title match, which the Hager stuff with his bucket hat was funny. I, I don't know. Like, yeah. it, everything seems good. Starks against Cage. It's uh, yeah, it's a big win for big win for Derek. It is interesting because I think like AEW had been getting a little boring. Like, I, I think that that's obvious. And like, I think Rampage has been horrendous, right? The Ring of Honor stuff's going nowhere. And they seem and it almost feels like finally moving the belt on mjf is almost like a season finale and now a new season premiere like and it kind of feels like that with this of like the bucks are back we're doing this best of seven like orange cassidy has one of like we hated all these additional titles but now orange cassidy has one and he's defending it every freaking week and we're like well we like that and it just does feel like they're finally moving in a really good direction and especially if if tk can get a fucking ring of honor show so he can start putting some of that bullshit onto a separate show you know what this um, reminds me of it are you guys friday night lights fans have you seen the whole show yes multiple times so <laughs> we all know friday night Lights season two mm. just goes off the rails of in terms of yeah. like really good classic television shows friday night Lights season two is it, it's insane like sure. someone gets murdered there's a random dude that just pops up and starts living with buddy garrity uh all sorts of shit just it goes fucking haywire and then there's a writer strike right and they start season three and they just wipe a bunch of this they're just like never mind forget that we're starting fresh we're doing all these things and that if to your point facts it like this last three months right it was all scrambling right they, they obviously the plan was for punk to be the champion so this was not in any way the the plan the plan was for the bucks to be here presumably um right. You know, so all of this last three months was basically just like, let's we're just making this shit up as we go. But now it seems like, okay, they've gotten back to the point where, yeah, we've got pretty much everyone back with the exception of CM Punk. Um, 
but we and we've got the Pete like we wanted to get MJF here. We did that. Um, we have presumably some version of the Bucks death triangle thing was where they were getting to with these belts. And they've got the space to again, like bring the show back to where it was. So I'm very curious to see what they do over the next um over the next few months. Uh I will also say I'm curious in terms of people uh, things coming back. Um I might stay up in the middle of the night to watch Wrestle Kingdom. Uh Kenny Omega is going to wrestle Will Ospreay. Yeah, I mean I'm definitely going to watch that and not wait for it to be on Access. I don't know if I'm going to wait. I'm not going to wake up at midnight on my wife's birthday for that. But um yeah, I'm going to I'm going to watch the shit out of that. And FTR against anyone they could be going against. You've changed, man. This guy watched uh was it Wrestle Kingdom with you the day his kid was born <laughs> and you won't even wake up at midnight on your wife's birthday uh I mean we we have before we we did live commentary once one year for it um but uh yeah I mean it's it's mainly that I, I still think there's gonna be a lot of really shitty Wrestle Kingdom matches I'm gonna have very little interest in like I don't think i'm not super amped for new japan like nothing i'm i'm amped for a couple i'm amped for aew guys in new japan especially since we don't see that very often anymore i'm have very very little interest in the the world title match very remarkably little like may go to bed a little early <laughs> you know they go back uh, to bed you're like ah, i'll fall asleep we'll catch up on this one later we'll we'll see what happens but no i mean ftr kenny omega that would have that would have been enough to sell me a ticket you know yeah that was were we expecting that did we think like i kind of well, well tony khan did at the the post game thing media scrum he definitely threw the sent off where he was basically like, don't expect any of that. Like, and he didn't even mention that FDR was already announced. He was like, well, uh, you know, we're going to try to have some collaborations, but I can't name anyone specific yet. So, and I was thinking in my head, I'm like, no FDR that's been known for weeks. Like it's not a secret, but then he was also talking about how they are going to be on the West coast. Like, you know, we have a dynamite in Seattle on the fourth. And then, and that didn't even think I'm like, Oh, you know, that's a sh- shorter direct flight from Seattle to, to, to Tokyo. But it's like, come on, like, we we would all be very happy for Kenny missing one Dynamite. Um, and then he's like, oh, and then we have a live Rampage that Friday. So it's like, yeah, Kenny Omega is not going to be on. Kenny Omega and FDR are going to be on fucking Rampage. So <laughs> sh- shove that down your ass. Um, well, and how good does it even, if your guy misses one fucking show, but you can show clips from Wrestle Kingdom of him in the right. Tokyo Dome possibly winning a title, you know, it. Well, and, and also, guys, like, I don't know, one of the first things when I heard about this Kenny Omega business, one of the very first things I'm like, oh, good, TK is going to pay ball, so we're going to get another Forbidden Door in the United States, and that's where we'll finally get Kenny and Okada on American soil, the end, the end of the series. Guys, it's going to be a hot ticket, but hear me out. Boom. Book that shit and Booten. Do it like WrestleMania 2, right? Where the three locations are are the Booten Elks Lodge, <laughs> the BW3 in West Virginia, and, and the Metal Club in St. Louis. <laughs> that's that's the wrestling festival we're gonna put on. The predetermined podcast wrestling festival 
will be a three location event next year. Um, that people After are going to be you like, and I purchase an in, in NWA, <laughs> right? At, it's going to be it's going to be an NWA event. Um, people are going to be like, Chris, uh, when you turned forty, did you have some kind of midlife crisis? And I was like. I don't think so. What'd you do that year? Well, I put on a three location wrestling event in Boonton, New Jersey, a Buffalo Wild Wings in West Virginia, and a uh, a metal bar in a strip club uh, in, in St. Louis. And you know what? Why keep it at, at buying the NWA, right? With the current dumpster fire that's Twitter. You remember with like MySpace when it kind of went away and then it came back as trying to be like a, a place to find new bands. And it was like just focused on music, not social media. We also buy Twitter and we make it just a wrestling. It's just wrestling gifts. Um, fightful.com staff reporters and, uh, and Donald Trump because it was in the contract. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but he yeah. can only tweet about wrestling. He has surprisingly right. detailed opinions about, about <laughs> FTR should have been on the pay-per-view. Where were they? <laughs> we, we find out that Trump is like, you know, Oz would have won. He would he would have won his race, except for he wouldn't come out and support a Wardlow. That's a bad move. <laughs> you gotta like you gotta like Wardlow in Pennsylvania. He said Britt Baker. That's not controversial. You gotta like Wardlow too. Great guy, great guy. <laughs> guy surrounds himself with great people. Keeps himself in the best shape. He's a champion. He plays a symphony. So tall. Yeah, the symphony is like very sophisticated. <laughs> He's an attractive man. I think if I were him, I would have sex with my daughter. If I were him, I would try to have sex with any member of the Trump family. <laughs> Including the patriarch. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe you could uh, turn things around with him. <laughs> oh, this show's been all over the place today. Yeah. I just want to, I feel like we're running down here, but I just want to mention one more thing about our pay-per-view experience, which is that uh, there were a lot of kids there. Oh, yeah. A lot of kids. And uh, one of the, the best things I've experienced at a wrestling show this year is a father trying to explain to his son, Sting, Darby Allen, Jeff Jarrett, and Jay Lethal. <laughs> uh, okay, so who's, so yeah, Sting, yeah, Sting's an older guy. Yeah. Um, and Jeff, well, he hits people with a guitar. Yeah, that's the thing he does. What did he do? And you're, we're thinking like you was even gotten to the fact that he wrestled Effie earlier this year well, can and, we, can we, and nearly uh, murdered Ric Flair. Yeah, like look at that kind of year. He was inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame, fought Effie, almost killed Ric Flair. Now he's fighting Sting, which we were also joking. We were like, this is probably the match that's happened the most times on like uh, any wrestling show. That we've never been interested in. Right. Staying Here's Jeff a chicken apian that it's like, oh, come on, guys. Didn't you see Genesis 2007, the classic those two guys had? And you're like, mm -hmm. and then there was Slammiversary 2009. You're like, I, I don't know. Was it on Impact in 60? I. Although Jared, Jared looked great. He must be using whoever, like him and MJF must have the, the same, uh, you know, fitness coach. Which well, you're going to say the same probably, juice guy. Yeah. It's QT Marshall. Both for both things. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's a guy. Like, it's a guy named Hubert uh, Griffin uh, Humphrey. Um, they just call him HGH for short. 
Um, don't kid yourselves. It's Brian Cage. Um, all right, everybody. I think, do we have any facts? It was good to see you, man. It is. Yeah. I, I, I should be back on the regular. I've, I've been away for, uh, longer than I expected, uh, some stuff going on, but I should be, I should be back in the mix. Uh, you know, but I, I think the show has been better without me. So, uh, you know, maybe, maybe I won't be all the time. I mean, if you if you miss just listening to Chris and I uh, come up with some tomfoolery and yes and each other, then <laughs> that is I, that we'll is we'll, we'll see if maybe we have a, a week without as much actual wrestling to talk about, and then and then I'll judge. I will also I will put in a quick plug if you have independentwrestling.tv, a couple of new events from Extremely Serious Wrestling were released today. Um, and on one of them, a character that will look very familiar to anyone who's seen my face on Instagram, the ultimate father, um, teams, uh, with, uh, the big floss man. He's a dentist, much like Britt Baker, um, to wrestle, uh, Diane Fossey in a gorilla. And, um, you could find this amusing. And in fact, I think, I think what you want to do, if you want the full predetermined experience is watch that match and then immediately go watch a Hardway heater death match. And just really get the whole predetermined experience on independentwrestling.tv. That's true. Two two predetermined hosts on IWTV. Wrestling uh, very different matches. Very uh, extremely different matches. Just I, I I'll feel bad if I don't bring up Hardway Heaters. I only got to see his pit match, but the guy he was up against um threw a chair in a very awkward way straight into his mouth. And then Hardway took the chair and sabooed him so fucking hard. Clear, like, cl- had to have been a receipt because the guy threw the chair in such an awkward way. And even commentary was like, the first time was like, ooh, that looked bad. And then when he threw the chair, he's like, oh, God damn, that looked worse than when he did it. <laughs> so uh, it was a fun time. They are beating the shit out of each other in the pit. And then he did uh, did it again the next night. I haven't seen that one yet. It's him and Adam Priest. Always check out Hardway Heater matches. All right. Hey, I'm at Gartet on Instagram. We're at Predetermined Podcast. I'm at Chris Makes. And I can only be written letters. Uh, so just look up the <laughs> retirement home Tommy Rich lives in. And he'll, he and I uh, get tea and biscuits and read our letters together. So send them to Tommy. I'll see them too. Yeah, give out your address. Um, all right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Happy ho- happy holidays. Ha- happy Thanksgiving. Um, hit our goddamn music. <laughs>